You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. It's been so long. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Happy Happy New Presidency. Happy existence. Happy survival. Uh, A somber and respectful land acknowledgement. Because those are never happy. Yes. Uh, we are recording today on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, and Musqueam nations, uh, where Riverdale is largely shot as well. Um, but everything yeah. else is, you know, happy, question mark? Happy by the definitions we're currently living within. Yeah, I mean, it is joyful that we live on, that those lands exist, yeah. and that um, those presences of those nations are still here, despite uh, all kinds of general mess. Yeah, reality. Which the show is um, finally returning to! Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, a little, weird little season opener, because it's not really a season opener. Nope. At all. Neither is this. There's three episodes left in this season, Chloe, that's how I feel. I feel like it's mid-March, in, except that was 18 years ago. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how all time has worked. But it's like Riverdale didn't blink. They just, they just rolled. It, it is weirdly like Riverdale didn't blink, and it's funny, I'm sure a lot of this, um, I'm sure a lot of this uh, footage was, like, some of, I'm sure some of it was partially shot back in March, and then they just couldn't finish it. That's what I assume. Yeah. And so some of it's March, and some of it's this past fall, or something like that. I really it's don't enti- know. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But even the possible, actors, but str- but even the actors seem a little shell-shocked. <laughs> it's kind of got that quality. Yeah, they're all living in this same world we are. Um, yeah. I was impressed with the general look flow, blocking, framing, cinematography of this episode, um, I was taken back a touch to, like, season one production values. I feel like the slowed pace served this particular episode, uh, taking Mm. time to make it and make it, uh, well. Um, but that said, this is mostly an episode where not a lot of stuff I care about in big dramatic ways happens. The the this is uh three episodes before the finale episode and they didn't change that. <laughs> yeah, um I I I I think what I expected from this episode was more of the Jughead Betty Archie Veronica stuff. Yeah. And I expected less setup of what I think is the future. Like, the Naval Academy stuff right, for Archie. Right. Um, yeah, I did really, really... Something I really appreciated, and we can, obviously... And by the way, if you're joining us for the first time, why? <laughs> and second of all, um, this is not... This is a podcast of spoilers. We talk about spoilers in this podcast. Um, a watch-along critical commentary I've, podcast. Yes. Um, I thought that... Um, uh, the way that Betty, or excuse me, Veronica and Archie reacted to their own breakup was really nice. Mm. I thought it was very mature. It was refreshing um, that they didn't that they didn't like push away that they're still sad in the reality and they're still yeah. in the reality together. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did exactly. Yeah, and I did. I did think Archie pl- timed it wrong. So badly. Um, but Archie makes bad choices continually. Archie makes really bad choices. Archie makes bad choices um, but, continually. Yeah, I expected. I. I mean, I think we're gonna get the drama that uh, we expect. <laughs> Given that Veronica has made the foolish choice to tell her mother and father that somebody hurt her. Oh, yeah. And Hiram's, like, medical treatment is violence right now? Yes, it does seem his medical treatment. Like, inspired by Archie's vigilantism, he has gone dark vigilante or something and therefore is is no longer dying from pseudo-Parkinson's? Yeah, we're just not sure. <laughs> we're not sure about all that. No one trusts Hiram I didn't at this care. point. Yeah, I, so I love this show, and I'm glad we've done this podcast for so many years now, but I didn't really care very much about most of this episode, mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see if I care about it uh, In a second pass. on this watch. Um, and... Um, I don't know. I expect it. Like, I feel like the, the junior proms and the other dances have been a lot more uh, satisfying for me in terms of these characters. And I also mm. feel like Jughead and Betty's adventures have also been a lot more satisfying for me. Mm. And, mm. Um, yeah, I am interested to see what they do with Charles because that's a shoe that hasn't dropped. Yep. Yet. Yep. That's anyway. another in-the-pocket reveal eventually, maybe. Sort of with the serial killer boyfriend. What? Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket. A serial killer boyfriend for the FBI pseudo brother. Half, half, double, double half brother around the step sibling romance. Oof. Complicated. Yeah. Complicated. Blech. <laughs> um, just a quick note, uh, Riverdale gang, um, I had to move out of my apartment very quickly at the beginning of January, and I'm now in a new space, so I don't know what kind of ambient noise. This is a new ambient noise experience. Probably fewer cats and more construction is what's uh, going to be going on here, but there's also a dog downstairs, and I have now live with two other people. So Yeah, I was just going to say, um, but, but maybe the puppy will visit. She's a sweet I, the puppy. puppy isn't allowed upstairs right now because there are kitty cats upstairs. Maybe the cute but cats they, will visit. I, I, the cute cats are shut in another uh, room. Dang it, Chloe. I'm sorry. I don't have pets and this is my only... <laughs> I tell you what, when we're done here, I'll take you downstairs and we'll look at Juno together. Yes, I must say hi to the puppy. Okay, I must great. say hi to the puppy. After we great, watch great, great. Riverdale and yes. critique their filmmaking... Uh, extensively. So, gang, um, yes. if you're a rusty at this like us, this is where we pull out our Netflix accounts and, or for some of you in the U.S., I guess, a DVR'd and or otherwise acquired recording of the CW? Yeah, that's probably about right. And, uh, sync on up with that Netflix Badoom slash whatever it opens with in the CW. I assume the Netflix Badoom is not there, but I may be wrong. <laughs> One assumes the CW produced it, not Netflix, so. Baffling. Who knows how networks work these days in this era of streaming? Certainly not union contracts. But at but. <laughs> Too niche? All right, I'm ready if you are, <laughs> I'm, Ryan. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, gang, we're queued up and with a countdown of three, two, two, one. One.
Ba-doom-ba. I say roughly because I've actually got my yes. my badoomba on mute in my other earphone. Woof. Lots of making sausage. So we have a Maybe recap, which I appreciated actually. Even as yeah, like someone who watches every episode twice and opines. Oh man, that reminds me. We can talk through this because mm-hmm. this is already happening. You all know. Um I meant to tell you, Ryan, that a friend of mine had to shoot a demo reel in the style of a CW show recently (laughs) and said to me, you watch Riverdale. And I was like, yes, I've seen every episode four or five times now. (laughs) And um, I gave him a little tour of like moments in Riverdale that he could use to uh, imitate. I -hmm. I might tell you about that uh, maybe after the podcast is over. That's delightful. Yes. Because there's there's a style, and increasingly, um, like, it's actually a fabulous time to be filming in Vancouver, plague aside. Like, a lot of shows are filming in Canada right now, because they Mm. can. Okay, so here, we've had our recap, and now we're back on in with, uh, with the FBI. And yeah, nothing has changed. It is like the last ten months did not happen. Not don't they don't miss a beat. Um, I was trying hard not to watch closely, but couldn't help but study every single moment of blocking for how many people are facing each other or have their he- their faces in any proximity to each other. Like, there's rarely more than two people actually physically close to each other, but they do a very good job of shooting around it. It felt very invisible. Um, And there was, I I caught one moment, and this is me looking quite hard, where where I felt like, aha, this cinematography is clearly a cut around, but just like surprisingly smooth. And to me, the, the, the intent and meticulousness of the blocking, lighting, staging of each of these shots um, likely contributed to to what I really appreciated about the sharp type production value of this episode across the board. I feel like this would have been a sloppier serial coming out faster had it hmm, come out that's on That's interesting. Um, but at the same time, that polish is like the only, the only stroke that tells me this is a season premiere. Everything else is fully mid-season. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's song. This I had I just had like a bad feeling in my stomach as soon as she found this song. I was like, oh no. Oh yeah, exactly. Cause like it's I like how they roll out the 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 emotional cheating and the conflict here. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not this the kind of Heidi Heidi deception games that I expect from television. Even like they're they're arguably at this point attempting to do the do their best. Yes. To process these feelings. Like writing a song for Betty and snuggling in the bunker. I guess they did that. That yeah. is not not so ideal. Really what these folks need is polyamory. Really, what these yeah. folks need is... I mean, not necessarily. That requires a very high level of communication that these characters have not demonstrated they are capable of uh, carrying out. Fair point, fair point, fair point. Archie would not function well with mul- with 
with multiple partners. Yeah, he would just he would do that thing that a lot of men. Spoilers: I've experienced polyamory. <laughs> he would do that thing that a lot of men do in polyamory, especially heterosexual men, where they're like, "Oh, we're open, so I don't have to check in with you." Yeah, stakes down, and right? Like, no. Yeah. No. Stay accountable to all the partners in my life that I'm engaging with. <laughs> so, I am. I don't. I am a I touch don't know what conflicted. This is. I hate it. Yeah, the fact that they keep circling around his his hypothetical shaky hand fatal illness. It's one of those. So is the illness fake? Is that what we're thinking? I. I mean, it's real fake, but I don't know if it's in world fake, and I. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's in-world fake, but he's clearly not better. He's just, like, stress-managing, maybe? Yeah. Like, where do I know this actor from, by the way, who plays this creepy guy? I actually don't know, but Vancouver's a small place. We should Google yeah, him Yeah, it later. may not even be Vancouver. He may just be around in small roles in television. It's true. In, unrelated to Vancouver. Hmm. I was pleased to see this callback beat to this very, like, remembering this scene happened with the secretary. Yes. And remembering the cult happened. Like, this is a, this Weatherby moment was a weird payoff of five years of, of ridiculous. <laughs> there, this was a little bit of a yeah. beat that was, that I enjoyed delightfully of... Just how broken this world they are occupying now is. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't appreciate that without five wild seasons. That little expression Betty makes there. <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, nowhere in, in the gym. They're not near anyone at school. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's nice and widely spaced out. It's, uh... But it doesn't feel unnatural. They did a very good job of blocking it comfortably. Um, yeah, but I, I now that you've pointed it out, I do notice that um, there's usually more background stuff mm -hmm. happening in this show. There's like someone punching something in the gym, or there's uh, yes, this is a world someone else waiting yeah. in the office. You know, there are definitely less extras in play <laughs> in this world. This is this is a no no extraneous extras kind of reality, which is fair. Mm -hmm. um, though they they. They pace kisses and moments of physical closeness and intimacy quite well this episode in a way that really does mask that as well. Like, I, I, mm -hmm. I thought that blocking was clever, unlike this reference to Katie Keene. Uh, unlike every single excuse for them to reference Katie Keene as if that show wasn't cancelled already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god, this this that particular bit of script dates so bad, unfortunately. I'm so into this shirt sweater thing that Betty is wearing. It does suit her. I really, really like it, and I want it in my wardrobe. Okay, so was this plot line existing last year? I assume Cheryl wanted I... to be plot wanted to be the 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 prom queen. That was probably plot. So. We're uh, yes. going to deal so with I intergenerational this... land back issues from you. So I noticed this trend in stories like this mm -hmm. where there's a person of color and a white person in a relationship and the person of color's parents are the one with the problem. Yep. Um, and I'm over it. 
Like, I'm really, really over it. Uh, let us have a more nuanced conversation about why these parents don't like Cheryl's family mm. instead of just having an upset grandma making Tony sad. I, I'm optimistic, particularly with the conversations that happened last summer around Tony's character and with the cast, that this is, though I, though I, I strongly suspect that the, the role and scope of Tony's story here may have been expanded, I do suspect that they are setting something up over a few episodes that I, I hope we'll have some mm. nuance. Like, their decision to revisit, um, revisit the uh, indigeneity of Tony's family and their relationship to uh, this wealthy settler family is... Um, like, that's that's a bit of a promise to me that they're using, that they're setting this up, that they're going to follow through. Yeah, like, it's not, it's not quite very special episode vibes, but it is, in the, in the contemporary zeitgeist, I feel like they will, they would get flack for not utilizing that plot line, at least. At very least, I feel like they're being watched enough to do something with that. Yeah, well, maybe. I just, I notice a trend, and I, about that, and I don't love it. Yeah. That's all. So. Also, this man, hey, this man looks exactly, look like an all-American boxer. He is extremely well cast. Yeah, bro. What's up, bro? Oh, hi, Sean. Get, hi, get Sean. your money. Get your checks. Get your punchable face. You haven't, oh, you haven't watched Sabrina yet, have you, the last season? No, Sean, no, no, Sean no. also milks the punchable face in Sabrina quite nicely in a bit. Good times, good times. No, <laughs> I, I should see it. I hope I hope he gets to replace uh, serial killer Hal as weird prison informant a little bit, especially now that Jughead is apparently blackmailing him with violence. I'm I'm okay with Jughead having a blackmailed prison snitch. That feels yeah. like the kind of mess Jughead would create. That feels right to me. Yes. Yep. Yep. Very, very safe filming. Very jumping around. Like even, even you can see Betty and Jughead split. And this is, is it was a creative shot. It was a nice, nice over the shoulder behind shot using, using um, what's what's the character's name? What's his name? Shot's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett. Yeah. Brett using Brett to to split up the frame as they as each of these performers are kind of leaning on the out of the frame. It's like, there's so many little fairly smart shoot arounds in this episode. I'm excited to see it get sloppy yeah. as the season continues. That's what I'm especially excited about. Yeah. Look how empty this gym is. Like there's just people sort of walking around in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is, but only the main actors are actually touching. Yep. Yep. Apparent if you really look for it and if you know to look for it. Again, pretty decent job this episode, I thought, of shooting around. Now, why does Boxer Dude exist? Why does why does Bro exist? What's his role? What's his purpose? Why is he on this episode? It's to give it's to give Archie I think Archie is supposed to like leave high school with nothing. Like no chances at college, no chances at a quote unquote a future. He's fine. Anyone who's listening who's a teenager we all go into adulthood with about the same love. Unless you have a lot of financial privilege, we all go into adulthood with the same 
yeah. sense of we're all trying to swim. Yeah, that's, that's um, a good way to put it. Um, but uh, I think the show is supposed to set it up like he is out of options or he is out of things to, to do with himself or something like that, except run Andrew's construction and stay in Riverdale. You know, yeah, that, that might have landed better to me if this episode didn't open reiterating his two functional businesses that he owns, free, yeah. clear, and just like, you know, like, I'm a big fan of post-secondary training, but dude, you've got two businesses. You're not doing yeah. terrible. I They were bought, the, the, the gym was a higher lodge, weird shenanigan, but whatever, you have, you have assets. So this was never going to work. A fake snuff film that was never never going to work right and we knew that and they knew yeah, that and it was know. apparent and it was a it's a I sloppy don't know choice why, i don't know why they did it because betty just has this film that she can use anyway mm -hmm. i don't know why they spent time and money on this episode creating this mm. yeah it feels it feels less skilled than these characters know to be like these characters have watched multiple snuff films they know they can't fake it Literally, they've seen Jason Blossom die, they've seen a bunch of creepy stuff, several of which are probably for real these murders. These kids have watched a lot of death on film. They should know that it's not that simple. And that Cheryl yeah. will overact. That's Cheryl's whole thing. I did I did appreciate how like film like film nerd in high school. Jughead is here in this moment, like, just excited about, like, yeah, you look great. Yeah, we're going to film this. Yeah, it, the, I'm going to get an A on this project. <laughs> like, it was very... Yes. They were kids for a minute, and it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, if you want to set up a fake horror film, the, nice, nice costumes. Um, yeah. So, I liked Veronica's rendition of this song. Just apropos yeah. to nothing, it was a sweet little song that actually landed some, like, some good across-the-eye drama moment. Like, this is, um, this was a nov an interesting way to develop this tension in conflict for me. And I felt a little bit of awkward for the characters. Often I feel awkward because they're, they're like, doing dumb child things. In this time, I felt awkward in that, like, on we romantic tension kind of a way. Yeah, this was painful. I felt very sorry for everybody. Yeah. Specifically Veronica. I felt very sorry for Veronica. I mean, Betty's... Like... I might need to rewatch this, because... I feel like a lot of the this initiative was coming from Archie. <laughs> a lot of the questionable actions and decisions seem to be very Archie-initiated. Yes, that's why I feel sorry for Veronica, who doesn't know that she's making a fool of herself right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's a shame the psycho psychological warfare is forgotten and never referred, because actually wearing your opponent out isn't super unsmart. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't work at all. And university, bet on boxing... That's that's a subtle metaphor for the U.S. education system, maybe? 
I mean, maybe, and, maybe, and who knows? most of the world, really. U.S. and most private colleges. <sighs> I have no doubt that Choney is going to figure some stuff out. Um, and to that effect, I didn't necessarily invest hard into this conflict because I don't, I don't question it. I don't, this is not a mystery of where this is going. Um, and it's an interesting yeah. story. It, it was maybe a, a touch gentle, um, which might be what this plot point uh, deserves. Um, dealing with a, a rather nuanced and complicated uh, relationship conflict that is yeah. actually quite unique to these characters and situations for once. Yeah, I mean, one is tired of seeing the... My partner hasn't come out to their family yet, and I feel betrayed by that. Mm. No, I, uh, I took this as... No, I I may be wrong, but I think she does say that she's out to her family. Oh, yeah. And it is, and obviously the problem isn't that yeah. she's a lesbian, it's that Cheryl is a blossom. Yeah. Yeah, which I appreciated for at least variance and for bringing us back to one of the more interesting drop plot lines of past seasons in in my mind. Yeah. Like the relationship is far more interesting when we do when they are rec reckoning with with everything that they are living and inheriting in this community. Like there's a much more interesting story to me to be found about Tony and Cheryl. Um dramatically. Yeah. Like there's a there's a multi-generational uh, epic romantic conflict to be played and explored and discussed and healed. And meanwhile, Archie has bad feelings because he kissed another girl. Yeah. Oh, Archie. <laughs> it's not a great way to start off a non-monogamous relationship is to act first and then be like, hey, I did this thing. Can we talk about non-monogamy? Yeah. That's <laughs> it's not rarely great. a success. <laughs> as I understand. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tony and her grandmother. I, I'm i noticing the distancing again in this one, but again, only because I'm comparing it to the conversation with her grandfather several seasons ago, which was shot in a similar sort of setup and seating way. Um, I... I was pleased to see um, Tony's grandmother honestly and authentically angry on screen with very little lead up, with very little preamble in a way that was not about her sexuality. Like, I was surprised mm. that they were, yeah, that's a good point. they were willing to go to visceral, deep core anger about um, issues of land and settlement and colonization. Um surprised me. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's not anger that gets shown in a non-mythologized way very often. That's a good point, yeah. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just so, mm -hmm. I get so, like, sticky about, like, I just, I noticed the sage in the bowl, and I noticed, like, the tribal blanket on the couch, and I wanted to be yeah. like, who, like, who dressed this set? Who made those choices? Who had him? You know what I mean? Like, all yep. those questions come up for me. Totally, totally, totally. There's, like, visceral pan-indigenous efforts in design. Kind of slid in there. 
And we also really don't know where, um, like, Riverdale is vaguely Midwestern. Like, we don't yeah. know whose land this is supposed to be alluding to. And yeah, well, they they made one up for the show, the Uktana. Yes, yeah, it's uh, yeah, they didn't didn't reference a real nation, which is yeah, which is probably 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 wise. a safer choice in this wacky yeah. world. But also makes it complicated to tell that story because we're telling a fictionalized version. Yeah, it. When I say wise, what I mean is um, less landminey. Refer- referencing a real conflict mm-hmm. over a real place would have different obligations and different responsibilities. Yes, um, and yeah, arguably well outside the scope of what this show can generally handle with its yes, just it's it's not the show made to address that conflict, respectively, yeah. especially for an audience for whom this may be a first conversation quite often about. Yeah. About that relationship, the the relationship of settlers and indige- indigenous folks, um, especially when we have this this stark, uh, this stark direct wealth um, inequity that yeah. is like that is consistent. Three or four generations later, we see the same the same colonial dynamic played out and paid out. In Cheryl's mansion. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, there's meat there. There's meat that there if they go into it and if they do it well. And I'm optimistic and hopeful. Again, largely because of um, Vanessa Morgan's wonderful uh, activism this summer, that they're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna let them. I just realized all of the extras in this sequence, or most of them, are in masks. That's how they got away with it. That's how they got away with this big scene. They're all wearing masks. Oh, you're right. That's clever. I didn't clock that. That's so that. funny. I didn't... I was thinking... So this... Not this fight, yeah. but the, the sequence with Betty and Jughead is, like, almost good. Yep. It's almost good. And... I couldn't get over believing that this sort of a place existed Let in Riverdale. Like, I feel like... I feel like I would believe this event if it was a once a year in Berlin kind of a thing. Yeah. Not an every Wednesday in Riverdale. But okay. Nice callback to the Tickle Films. All the weird, weird, weird films around Riverdale of... Um... I did think this this fight was effectively shot and intercut. Um, I don't care at all about the boxing yeah. plot, and I I I personally am invested less and less and less in Archie's plot right now, because I've kind of yeah. guessed we're 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 just watching him fall apart for a little while. That seems to be where he's going before the time skip, and where he has to yeah. be going. Um. I did sort of wonder, there was a split second here where I was like, oh, are we going to get a little, like, recap of the last, or is there going to be film footage of, like, a little bit of everybody down here? Mm. This is, like, the flip side of Riverdale, Tales from the Dark Side kind of zone. Mm. The video but that's not has... what we got, and I was disappointed. Yeah, they, yeah there, was, there was hints of refer- self-reference, but didn't fully, didn't fully develop or realize. Yeah, I didn't clock, I thought the 
the the masks clocked as creepy ambiance in my first watch through of this. Not clever logistical choice necessarily. I don't, I don't, maybe not everyone has a mask on, but I think at least in this sequence they do. Yep, looks like it. Enough at least to 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 fill a room with uh, with very very pointed one or two or three you know face to face contact moments. Again, nicely shot, nicely cut, very cinematic. Um, a good example of the contrasting color tones that Riverdale uses to really heavily stylize yeah. the genre. Um, brought together in a very complimentary way. Like, these scenes look good intercut. I, I give them yeah. big, big design and aesthetic points for, for that. Um, everything looked quite sharp and quite film quality in the cut together of this premiere. Yeah, I think all these extras are in masks. That, you know, that only adds to that ambiance of creepy underground rave. Of creepy yeah. underground so this sequence, video they're, they're, rave. <laughs> yeah, there actually seems to be people in, uh... Hmm. Sorry, I'm distracted. But I thought this rave. was going to turn... I've always wanted Jellybean to, like, have a little more stuff. So I was, like, excited... I was about this, yes. but it did really turn into much. It might though. I mean, it was a convenient distraction, but like, I don't believe, I don't necessarily believe Jellybean just stumbled in, completely unrelatedly. Yeah. Oh. So I just was noticing that this this scene is pretty packed. There's a lot of people, no masks in this sequence. Yes, we do have these fairly tight um, crowd shots. Um, yeah. but once again, those are all, those are all facing out with, with slight distancing. Like, you could film that shot in a, in a held breath, right? Yeah. I, so something I really liked about this sequence is how many people there are rooting for Archie. Mm. Which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I sort of expected there to be a bit more like, yeah, we like this newcomer, but right. everyone is, like, really on Archie's side. It's as if he's an 18-year-old who grew up in a small community and then took over after his beloved father's passing of his major social uh, activities and community outreach work or something. It's as if he was, you know, reaping the benefits of his years of work. It's nice. Archie mm. has a place in this town. And like, hey, youth drop-in center is big deal work. Hmm. So I'm interested, so um, Vanessa Morgan is a great with child in real life. Yes. And they have written her uh, pregnancy into the season, yes. apparently. So I hear. And I'm uh, interested to see how that transpires and where that goes, um, mm -hmm. because it's difficult for two women, two uh, women who don't have penises, <laughs> to um, get pregnant together. It's a, there's there's some mechanics and chemistry required, and perhaps some outside assistance. But yeah, and they're young, but, so I'm interested. I I'm assuming it's going to tie with the time skip, and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they'll break up, and then Tony's, who is bisexual, as we know, um, is going to have a relationship with someone else and be pregnant. 
I. But I'm just interested. I'm interested to see where it goes. I am of the mind that they are going to be making the ill-advised choice at 21 to uh, conceive children artificially uh, because Cheryl's hubris. But ultimately, go for it because you can afford childcare. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I've been saving the semen of Jasons for a decade. Yeah, that's not the first time I've heard that theory. <laughs> oh boy, wouldn't be oh, no. wouldn't be the weirdest they've done. Wouldn't be the weirdest. It's true. It wouldn't be the weirdest. That would be full soap opera, though. Yes. And I know there's been like a few full soap opera moments in this movie, but that would be like. Right, that would be out of control. I believe we have, we will do better by Tony than that. That is what I believe. Yes, we hope. Um, I kept thinking in this scene, boy, you just got beat up real ba- real bad in the face before prom photos. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> like, he looks fine two scenes later, but like, I don't, don't aren't. Don't people get a little puffier usually after being punched for 10 minutes? I don't know. I you, don't know. You, you, yes, you probably. Have studied, you, have, you have studied more of the boxing than I. That's true. I have. So this dress is great. Yes. This reveal sequence of all the pretty prom dresses, um, I kind of liked it that they were all like high school prom dresses. No one got the full Hermione movie for sort of Spin. That's true. <laughs> I don't love Tony's outfit here. I think that it's... She looks great because she's a very beautiful person, but mm. I think they could have done a little better by her for a prom outfit. Oh, I suppose. Could have gone a, a different elaborateness. Yeah. It's possible it's so black because they're concealing a bump. But uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, looking at those um, photo poses, that would align quite nicely yeah. with hiding Babby. Um, I... I'm hopeful to see a growth of Nana Blossom's role in unveiling this story further. Um, I am nervous about this old white lady who has been delightful and kooky so far, talking about yes. the horrifying settler past of, say, her husband and in-laws and extraordinary yeah. wealth that she exploited on the back of genocide. Like, yeah. Actively in your generation or something. Yeah. But it would be a bold By the way, move. love, love, uh, Mary Andrews with like an old camera, like an old quote unquote old digital camera. Yes. Um, yes. also those outfits, Betty and Archie look wonderful. <laughs> this dress, I'm sorry, um, Veronica and Archie look wonderful. This yes, dress yes. on Betty is bad. I don't like this dress. <laughs> Um, she's worn better dresses in this show, and they they could have done better. They so much with her hair. Like I just don't like this. Poof, this is no good. Prom esque, poofy prom esque. I hate it. Lots of time. I didn't go to my prom, so I never poofed. Mm, we didn't do prom. Well, we had we had like a grad dance thing, but it was synced with the ceremony. My high school's big party was actually the bush party the week before grad. <laughs> I think you told me about that. So in the fancy like rich neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, the Bush party was a prom that was not sanctioned by the school yes, that the yes. parents of the rich and popular kids organized for them. That was at Brock house. Uh, that's the thing I didn't go to. I went to the grad dinner dance. <laughs> so nothing comes of this. We don't hear anything about the fizzle rocks. Yep. And that everyone here is real high. Apparently 
But maybe that was yeah. the video. Maybe it wasn't a video at all. Maybe it was just Reggie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was also, just... Also, this sequence is, like, so bland and uninteresting and un-anticlimactic. Yes. I agree. This is... This is a three or four episodes before the end of the season escalation, and this is not a season opener punch. But we get two yeah. brief shots of Fangs and Kevin being cute, and I'll take it? Yes. They can do more. They can do a whole lot more. But at least Kevin and, and Cheryl had conversations about their relationships. I'll take it. I'll take what little crumbs you give me. Yeah, Archie, bad timing. Yeah, although I do like that he's like, don't not go to Barnard for me. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast. I mean, he is, still. though, right now, in that specific way of being doing the, 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 the bad relationship thing. That Yeah, I mean, sometimes you gotta hurt somebody to make them realize how much it's not working. Yeah. Dropping it at prom, though, is you know? mean. Dropping it before yeah, dropping the serial killer reveal great. is inconvenient for Veronica, because now she can't focus on her emotions, because the serial killer. Archie should have assumed that a serial killer was going to, to break into their prom. <laughs> it's what happens. Yeah, it's a safe assumption, truly. A little bow tie. They feel... These dresses feel more high school-y to me than some past choices. Like, I thought they, they made um, a, a hint of effort to remember everyone is a teenager in these costumes, compared to maybe the usual. They're very booby, which I don't think would be allowed at the average American high school, in all honesty. But, um... Uh, yeah, they're very poofed. Yeah, like no one's red carpet here. <clears throat> Everyone's like. I like this as an. I like this as a nice foil to the movie Prom, by the way, which of course mm. features a lesbian couple who are not allowed to go to prom together. I need to watch that still. I've heard good things. It was fine. Hmm? I love these crowns. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. I want one. <laughs> they are fine, fine props. Summoning a court for maximum awkward moment. It's a cute. It's it would be adorable that Cheryl has friends. It is adorable, but I wish she'd ask Kevin and Fangs, and then they could have just been two queer couples opening the dance, and that would have been cool. that would have been significantly better. Yes, that would have been a, yes. a much more thoughtful moment of representation, Cheryl. But who has lead actor billing? Who has lead actor billing? That's true. Who is lead actor billing? <laughs> and we have to make things real bad for Archie and Veronica right now. Real, real bad. Yes. Okay, end plot. End plot, setting up for the pre-time skip plot reveal. I am very curious to see um, how a pre-written season finale lands two, or two to four episodes into a season. Like, it's going to be a very different beast. It's not it's not the choice anyone would have made. But they're, they're working with it. They're launching with it, somehow. Um, and they seem quite committed to just picking up where they left off this, this, um... The tape plot. The creepy tape plot. Yeah, this is strange. Do we think... Uh, 
I don't have any theories about this. Actually, I was about to say, do we think this is blank? But I have no opinions or theories yeah. or interest in this. I have nothing to fill blank honesty. with. I have nothing to add to blank. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. They have me nicely stumped, and and what? And also, apparently, no one noticed the murder screen <laughs> until they slapped the lights on. A jarring yeah, case moment. Like, okay, was that supposed to be the Fizzle Rocks that make it everyone crazy? That ah! what's his name Reggie put in? That you know that would make sense. I don't think it was established yeah. or set up, but that would make sense. Great suit on Fangs, by the way. Great suit Great on Great suit. At very least, they can dress him well. I liked Cheryl being a kid and caring about high school things and asking her yeah. friends for an over-the-top inappropriate ass to please don't stand against me and everyone needs to support me. Please, please. Yeah? Okay. That was a delightful Cheryl Blossom the Teenager moment earlier. Yes. And I like this episode for letting Cheryl Blossom be young. Yes. Young I also love her 2001 hair dressings. Her hair face dressings. They both have them. Yes. Very 2001. We like it. It <laughs> looks a little like the prom at uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. It, yep. That's, uh, that is an era. That 100% that is the aesthetic of this prom. <laughs> <sighs> I love these crowns. I think they're great. I really want one. I love these two my characters friend, having emotions. My and dealing yes, with them. Yes, that's nice, too. Dealing with them maturely. Sorry, your friend in the crown? No, my friend who I'm living with right now is, was saying that we need more crowns in our lives. That's the end of the anecdote. Oh, it's fine. absolutely. So, sad relationship talk. Yeah, I thought this out. was a really mature scene. I was really impressed with this show for not just... Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledging what isn't working... But recognizing that they are, they, they don't want to explosively break up right now. It was, it was like, yeah. felt, felt rough and real. I also thought I really appreciate uh, something I find frustrating in, um, shows with romantic relationships is that no, like very rarely is there a conversation about like, this is why this hurts for me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen in this scene, but I thought it was okay. I thought it worked. I thought it was obvious to everybody just what the emotional stakes were. Yeah. Like, we all we all understand why this is something they can't recover from. It's too big. Yes. These, these two characters were surprisingly emotionally in sync in this scene, in, in coping and recognizing this, this relationship bombshell that impacts their life. Even, um, I appreciated that Veronica's response was measured and personal and focused on you know, letting her emote and feel. We didn't, we didn't mm -hmm. lean into the, the conflict and the drama of it. We sat with the, the conflicting emotions and the sadness and the pain that like, like a love triangle in this scenario between people who really care about each other and don't want this conflict who are pursuing it maybe more than they more than they could have otherwise Archie, Archie Andrews mm -hmm. <clears throat> smile God is watching great not ominous at all 
So what do you think? Is Hiram going to beat the crap out of Archie? Well, I thought it was interesting that they cut from Hiram to Archie getting a videotape, and I feel like there's sort of an implication that Hiram has something to do with the videotapes, which I don't think is true. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, do, I, I don't think... I don't think we would circle back to Big Bad Hiram after all of this. They've done, they've done so much work deconstructing him. <laughs> yeah. And giving him sidebar genre statements. No, also, he is still continuing on to the show as I understand it, right? Like, Marisol Nichols, yeah. um, uh, a couple of our parents are leaving the show, presumably at the time skip period, as regulars. Um, mm -hmm. More interesting is who isn't. Like, um, imagine Amic, no, no, no hint or word of her going anywhere, and she's, um, I know, uh, also tapped in nicely to the, the production side. She's directed an episode. Um, clearly has great chemistry with the with the creative team. So, like, I, I'm curious to see what happens to our remaining adult characters in Time Skip, where suddenly we're, we're not on such different plateaus of reality. <sighs> the Auteur. They've named him the Auteur. That's a choice. Yes, they have. I... Hmm. I liked this shooting. I liked these, like, these these extreme close-ups of Archie. Um, we're too tight. It's borderline fish-eyeing close. Like, there's a claustrophobia to these shots that we're, we're close in with Archie in this feeling... Uh, in this experience, it's it's good horror shooting. It's good, like yeah, like the the poster shot of Get Out is the mood that they catch here. It's um, yeah, I thought that was a very nicely filmed episode, a very smartly, intentionally filmed episode. Yeah, Th cool. Thoughts on the rewatch, Chloe? Did it uh, did it land a little more, or are we still? Middling. I'm middling. But Yeah, I'm I'm middling. I'm solid middling on this uh on this um on this episode. But I think there is like it's just an awkward time, yeah. you know. I um in television where mm -hmm. they're trying to sort of manage um a lot of different logistical problems, yeah. you know. I think they did as good a job as could have possibly happened under the circumstances and made choices that served um, that served whatever plot they've chosen to to cycle into to commit to like whatever they've chosen their product to be with the two with the the pieces they had available. I thought they cobbled it together very smartly. I think it was smart not to treat this so much as a premiere. Like, really, season four will flow straight into season five on, on binge-watch, rewatch. The The season break is not likely not the narrative pacing mm. break that we're going to get. And for a show in its yeah. fifth season, that honestly is is kind of like gone to stud at this point, um, is, is doing its victory lap in the past year in a lot of ways. Uh, even creatively, like a fifth, fifth or sixth season show is... is is mucking around in some weird territory at that point. Um, I'm 
I think they made choices that will serve the 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 bingeable Netflix end product quite well, and that will sit well and age well. Um, and I also think that they made they made good choices for a current audience who don't need or want reminders of breaks or a big dramatic change or a, a time milestone. Um, the return to really episodic, once-a-week TV vibe, um, I think is suiting to the zeitgeist. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a perfectly good episode of this show. Yeah. Um, I did wonder if they were going to sort of acknowledge the break in a certain way, as you said, mm -hmm. but um, I think you're right. I think it does work, and mm -hmm. I, I do feel like there's a contract between the fans, who are really the only people watching at this point, and um, uh, the creators of, like, okay, we're going to finish this up, then you're going to get your actual new season. Yes, yeah, like, no one is no one is pretending we planned it this way, nor should they. Yeah. Um, and that, that, I think, is going to work for storytelling. Um, and I'm tentatively nervous, honestly, but looking forward hmm. to seeing how our time skip deals with the... Um, the state of reality, the insecure and unknown state of reality in the near future that we're going to jump to a post plague time. Like I'm not ready for a, for a explicitly post plague world to be explored or referenced in any real way, shape or form. Well, I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting because this has been pretend present day. Yep. And then we're going to go to a future pretend present day. Will we? Or will it just still be present day? That's a question. Like that—that's what I yeah. mean. That's what I mean. Is that like it's going to be the same time? It just pretend five or seven years later, or whatever the time jump is. I can't remember at this point. Yeah, like I—I'm—I'm I'm anticipating the twenty-one-year-old's time jump will also be set in the now, in the same way. More or less. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I will feel weirder if there is no reference to the plague in the future. Yeah. But, but I will say something I have found really, really interesting is the older people, like older as in would have been able to talk to um, people who survived the 20, they're sorry, the 1918, 1919, 1920 flu epidemic. Mm -hmm. Um, that nobody talked about it. Hmm. They have no memory of anyone ever talking to them about this plague. And so I hmm. wonder if we're going to just, just... Just move on. Not talk about it, because it sucked. Yeah. You know? I, I'm i increasingly suspecting that there will there is simply a communication breakdown, um, because a lot of... A lot of what I've seen in my community processing and living and communicating in the moment has broken down to a surrealist meme. And honestly, that yeah. doesn't translate outside of someone experiencing the same sort of strange broken reality you do. Surrealism is a very subjective art art expression. Yeah, um, it's true. So I wonder how much we, in the past as a, as a, as a species, talked about these things in ways that were simply not comprehensible to future generations and how that will happen and play out this time uh, with this experience and how we communicate it. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, 
I think it would be weird if, like, not even if I, I think it would be weird if there wasn't even just in like the Jughead narration mm, a little mm. piece of like, well, the pandemic was over, we'd all been vaccinated, and we'd come mm. home from college. It was a new day, and you know, something like that. That's it would be weird not to just have something like that. But if they have like whole episodes about like who died during COVID yeah. in Riverdale, oh, like please. that, I am not interested in. I, I don't think they will. I think I feel like only Grey's Anatomy has the gumption to do that, and the the <laughs> audience and positioning to do that in pop TV. Um, that's uh, what I don't want is a hand wave statement of, and now everyone's vaccinated and everything's fine. What I don't want is a, is an explanation of here's how we're going to get to the next stage and it's, then it'll be fine because that's, yeah, that to me takes me out of the reality very, in a very hard, stark way. Any assumption of it's fine, we're done to me makes it difficult to continue engaging so I'm curious how they choose to live in a, a post-pandemic reality without making it hand-wavy fine. That's, yeah. that's, that's the tightrope I mean, that I am seeing to walk. The other thing that, I mean, the other thing that they have really never played with in this show, but we know as the audience looking at a show that takes place in somewhere that has a dating site called Red State Meat, <laughs> um, is that if, the, if this were, like, a real place, mm -hmm. there would be many people in this community who just didn't think that COVID was real. Yep. And so for them, in the future, mm -hmm. when this pandemic is over, it will be a lot like, man, remember those wacky years when the liberals thought we were all dying, you know? Potentially. Yep. That is so a, a conflicted reality that will be very difficult to portray and explore. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to explore, but my point is that there is a version of this show that just doesn't mention the pandemic because for politically for people in this community it, it isn't happening. You know you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a complicated play out too. Oh boy. So Anyway, it's going to be an interesting choice. I think probably they're just going to ignore it, and I will be fine with that. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I'm, exci I'm excited to see what choices they make. That's what I'm here for. I'm excited to have a, yes. re a weekly marker of time moving. Yeah. In some capacity, gang. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to be back. We're glad to be back, Riverdale gang, for this last hurrah in Sugar Trash Land. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this is the last season we're expecting, right? Like I, yes, no more. Yeah. Sabrina's done, Riverdale's done. The completing. The completing. Yeah, the cast is moving on to other stuff, I think. Cool, cool, cool. That'll be interesting yeah. to see where people go and what they do next. Yeah, I've seen a couple of things Lily Reinhardt's been in. She's been, she's great. Uh, I saw something Cole Sprouse was in, which was another kind of teen movie, which was very sweet and fun. Um, I saw Ashley Murray in this a great movie mm. called uh, Deirdre and something, something, Rob a Train, yes. which was made while Riverdale was being shot, Ooh. which is great. It's so good. That's Ashley um, Murray. I, that one's been on my Netflix to watch list for a while now, and I didn't realize that oh was Oh my her. god, it's... Excellent, excellent. It is so fun. It is so fun. Excellent. And um, I think the woman who's playing Tony Topaz, Vanessa Morgan, is mm. probably going to be busy being a parent. Yes, you do. And... <laughs> Um, what else? 
Uh, I know that um, Madeline Petch has just been mm. Madeleine. Madeleine Petch mm. has been doing a lot of like fashion stuff and mm. like makeup stuff, and she's a bit of a YouTube personality. So they've all got stuff going, I think. Yeah, I'll be very interested to see if KJ Appa goes the Hollywood route after Riverdale, or if he if he ha- if he chooses another career choice. Like he's he's got a very distinctive yeah. uh, young Archie Andrews vibe. And I'm, I am, like, personally, I, I, I think he would be better served by doing some, some creative film work in Australia, for example. Like, doing, doing yeah. some international films, doing some uh, dramatic films after this Riverdale. But I have no idea what KJ Apple wants or likes, other than that he plays some yeah. music and... He was in, he was in another teen movie that I saw about, like getting ready to go to university after having been in high school. Mm. Um, and he was fine. Um, and he's also in a movie about a Christian rock star who lost his wife very young and wrote a whole album about it. And he was also just recently in a movie about the pandemic, which like too soon to make a movie about the pandemic. I felt the same way when people were making movies about nine 11, like immediately after it happened, I was like, no, we need to like, we haven't processed process (laughs) and don't make a movie yet. Maybe a horror movie. Apparently there's a great horror movie about the pandemic that's really, really good. Um, like, people like people are in Zoom calls and start disappearing. Like, oh, that God. feels like reality right now. Like, that feels how, like, that feels like how wacky reality is. Yeah, that feels like an but, expression um, of the current fears in a fair way. Yeah. Some, yeah. You know, some people process by making a film. It's not my cup of tea. It's real early. Yeah. But, hey, I, sometimes I process anyway. by making a podcast or weird esoteric art or something. Yeah. I don't through. know what Camila Mendez is doing. That's sort of the only blank. But she's also mm. the one with the most training, so she might be doing theater next. Who knows? <laughs> she, yeah, in, uh, yeah, she might have... I would assume she has a different set of connections and, and options as well. Um, yeah, I, I suspect Lily, Lily Reinhardt seems to have a good footing in the, the L.A. film circuit, though. I feel like she's... Yeah. She's already making those steps. It'll be interesting. Yeah. She had a she had a great scene at the end of a very, very, very sad movie called Galveston, which mm. is not a movie you should watch unless you want to feel sad. <laughs> um, it's very, very grim, very depressing, but it's a great movie. It's really beautifully made. She has a top-notch scene at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, uh, she also has a small role in Hustlers. Yes, yes. Which was which was great. I enjoyed that movie a lot. They um, they let her just be a character, like do some nice, fun character acting in Hustlers, and I liked that. Yeah, that was totally great. Mm-hmm. And then she's also been in a a teen movie that I haven't seen called Chemical Hearts, mm. and she's published some poetry. I think oh, nice. <sighs> yeah, so they're all doing stuff. They're all fine, and they got Riverdale money. <laughs> All right, I'm feeling good. Ryan, how are you feeling? It's a normal week, Chloe. It's a normal Riverdale week, and it'll be a normal Riverdale week next week. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we'll see you next week, Riverdale gang, for more of our favorite Dark Sugar Trash show. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. Ta for now. Take care.